Hello, listeners. You might remember in Season 6, Episode 15, I interviewed ITL, the co-founder of Commodore. Today, I have a special episode of the Code Story Podcast, bringing back our friends at Commodore. I'm chatting with their open-source dev leader, Andre, about the latest initiatives at the company, including some exciting tooling around Helm and further advances in Kubernetes troubleshooting and expertise. As a reminder, Commodore enables development teams to monitor their entire Kubernetes stack, identify issues, uncover root causes, and get the context needed to troubleshoot their orchestration efficiently and independently. Well, today I have a special guest on the Code Story podcast, Andre. He's the head of open source at Commodore. Now we're going to be talking about some new initiatives and some new goals for the company. Andre, thank you for being on the show today. Hey, welcome everyone. So before we jump into Commodore, your role and what is, you know, what are the newest things happening at, at Commodore, I'd love to learn a little more about you. Tell me a little bit more about you and your story and how you got to Commodore. It's a, it's a long story, which starts back in 2009 when I started to write the first plugins for the open source load testing tool called JMeter. Back then, it was all new. Uh, the open source was only starting to conquer the world. It was pretty exciting experience over the years. Uh, it was always connected to my main job, but as a result of this excitement, I started to make the project after project, and I was always curious, how do I do these open source projects, not just pieces of code online, but the successful, let's call it social projects when people come and share and something bigger appears after all of this joint joint effort of people come together. I've been doing many open sources in most of my workplaces. I've been in that role of doing open source activities, making sure that commercial part of the company understands the value and business value of the open sources and that this counter business activity of doing something for free co-lives and naturally connects to the, uh, to the business side of things. And over the years, I made projects varying from the load testing tools to these Kubernetes Helm-related thing and also some really funny activities like uh, programming robots with Lego, AI-driven chess. You know, back then there was this uh, Queen's Gambit popularity of chess wave. And even before that, I started doing something with AI-related things around chess just to experiment, just for fun. It always surprised me that social aspect of the open source, how people discover you, how they come, how they share their excitement. When somebody shows their Lego robot built with uh, my Python library, it's just the most fulfilling experience that I had by seeing these random people around the world contributing, doing joint activities with me in the open source. It's super interesting. You know, it's something I don't have a ton of experience with, with the open source world. Just kind of in a broad overview, give me a refresher on Commodore for my audience. What is Commodore setting out to achieve? Commodore's goal is to help all the Kubernetes users to manage their clusters more efficiently, especially in the situations when there's difficult problems happening in the infrastructure. 
and also in the situations when you are doing just doing your normal day-to-day activities like upgrading applications, deploying those applications, and observing how they operate. This is the goal of Commodore on the top level. You know, I, I look at it from a Commodore standpoint, right? So it's you know, you're doing open source work here. Has it been an interesting and helpful recruiting tool for Commodore as well? Because people are essentially working on the product. Uh, is that correct? I would say it's not the main focus of the open source that Commodore does. As a funny side effect, uh, it's actually true. What you described, it happens because people start to engage with the company from the developer perspective. They like what they see. They understand that the company owns the, uh, the expertise and they want to join that. But I would say this is a secondary aspect of what we do because the main power of what we do in Commodore through the open source and in any other place where we do open source, even outside of the companies, is the fact that people are able to do their daily job through using these open source. The fact that somebody may come to you after uh, contributing and become your resource is really, really second or third tier of the impact we do. I would say this is not something that I put into the center of things. I don't plan on starting new open source project because I want to attract more, more developers. Yes, that would happen as a result of what we do, but th- that's not something that we set as our primary goal. It's, it's never on the list of the goals that we want to achieve there. Okay, well, let's dive into that then. What are the goals for the open source initiatives with, with Commodore? Because my understanding is, you know, Commodore is, is a product. You are selling it to the enterprise or your bigger customers. And the open source is kind of a different approach there. Tell me about why you're going that way. It's a part of uh, some bigger transformation in what Commodore does recently. We see that we can basically do much, much more. The things we do can be much bigger than just a commercial platform for troubleshooting Kubernetes. And we accumulated certain expertise over time, uh, what interests people, what are their needs in the Kubernetes world. And some of those insights that we have, they are outside of our current product, which leads to two ways we can use those insights. One way is to affect the main product, and that process is happening. Commodore is transforming the product to address wider spectrum of use cases, as opposed to the past when Commodore was only the troubleshooting platform. Now you will see the Commodore becoming more general place where you can take your cluster and do all of the best practices regarding Kubernetes regarding your day-to-day operations of Kubernetes, not only when things go wrong, but also when the things go right. So that transformation will continue to happen to Commodore. But on the other side, there can be much faster things that we can do. And this is my role to look around, to look inside the company, because there's so many ideas floating around in the company, and pick what can we take as a satellite project, as a side project that we can implement that will impact the industry, that will impact the Kubernetes world, and people will just use it. And there is the good reputational outcome from that. And I know that it was always from my past experience, for example, when I worked in Blaze Meter, which was another company that was built on top of 
the open source first idea of continuing the commercial value on top of the open source. So I know from the practice that it's really, really good and organic when you contribute something to the community and people enjoy and use it. And for the serious companies, for the bigger players, there will always be some added enterprise level, let's call it value or company level value that you would like to pay for. And these are usually boring things like authentication, SSO, role-based access, all of that. But the main, main creative piece is usually fine to be just shared with the community and don't ask anything in exchange. That's the idea of open source, that we can quickly apply whatever we have in our minds as a next idea to improve the world and separate commercial value from it and leave the commercial value to those who really need it. So there's no conflict between commercial and open source. It's natural thing. We know that it's possible and there are a number of success stories around that. So with Commodore, now you have the open source version to, to push. How are you getting people to help? How are you communicating to the open source world that, that this initiative is underway? How, do you, how are you getting people in to, to work on it? If you would look at back of my experience with open sources, that would probably be the key to the success of every open source project that became successful. Because it's easy to write some genius code that will be amazing and beautiful internally. But if you didn't tell anyone, nobody will know that such a great thing exists. For open source projects, the marketing, the promotional activities actually matter a lot. This is one of the benefits of doing open sources from inside com of commercial company because we can ask those commercial guys to share a bit of their marketing budget and actually let people know that they can use something for free. We went to the stage of uh, KubeCon North America and we said to everyone, guys, there's this a cool thing called Helm dashboard that we did as part of our open source. And not it's not the only thing. We also did others like ValidCube. People started to look at it. And if it's a cool thing, it's free. You can take and use it. Why not to share it? So people started to share the excitement. Uh, we got a lot of stars on GitHub from that. And we now see the organic wave of people just finding the project, seeing that it's cool. It uh, helps them in their daily life with Helm operations in Kubernetes. And they, they just share their excitement. They share it in LinkedIn, in Twitter, and in different like medium platforms where people usually discuss this is how open source projects become popular. You need to basically bring the value. You should be doing the thing that you promised you do. Then people will spread the word. You just need to ignite the first announcement of the thing. And Commodore is a well-known company, so we could just announce it and start this process. So with Helm, there's an understanding of, of Helm from my side, but I'm not 100% sure that my audience knows exactly what Helm is. Tell me about Helm and how Commodore is integrating itself into Helm. Helm is basically the package manager for Kubernetes. Kubernetes surprisingly doesn't have the package manager by itself, which I would say it's, it really, really asks or 
begs for for packaging system for it, and they only recently introduced their own templating language there. So Helm is a package manager and also a way to template your Kubernetes manifests that you package into that application. So you can think of it as a some package that the author of the application has designed. So when you take that package and run it with the help of Helm, it generates you the Kubernetes manifests and applies those manifests to your cluster. And it has very nice features like configuration values that you can set and those manifests will be generated slightly differently for your specific needs. So it's a like a smart installer with some good set of options. This is what Helm is. And the last piece of it is the approach to repositories to store those applications so you can access and upgrade them. And this is Helm, what Helm actually is. And obviously, it's a, such a crucial thing for the Kubernetes ecosystem that it became super, super popular. A lot of people contributed to package the main applications that exist in Commodore, uh, like Grafana, Redis, whatever, you name it, ingresses of all the kinds. So basically anything that is in commonly in common used in Kubernetes, you can find that packaged as a helm. And vice versa, if you do anything with Kubernetes, people will come to you and ask to have Helm packaging on top of that. So that led to a very critical role of Helm in the current ecosystem. So we know that everyone uses it. It's a widespread, even if you don't like it, you will have to take it because there are some good applications that have no other packaging except Helm packaging. Okay, makes sense. So it's kind of like a like an NPM for Kubernetes. Is that is that a pretty good comparison? Exactly. It's it's exactly the right comparison. So I hear the open source initiatives, and I, I think I understand right that you're expanding your positioning in enterprise as well as how you can help people on the commercial front. Tell me more about that, more about you know, kind of what you're known for, but where you're going to push the envelope in the future for the commercial customers. The plans, the evolution of Commodore, which was starting initially from the only the troubleshooting narrow use cases, is now expanding into the vision when we take any aspect of the day-to-day operations with Kubernetes, offering certain help through the platform, through the integrated platform that we have, offering certain help of day-to-day managing operations of the Kubernetes. For example, deploying the applications, first of all, understanding the state of those applications, seeing who was changing it, when the change was happening. And of course, all of the classical Commodore expertise on the troubleshooting, the node issues, workload issues, all of the kind of troubles that you may face with your Kubernetes. So give me an example of a problem someone runs into with Kubernetes, right? So, you know, Kubernetes in general is orchestration and replication, automated, et cetera. What, what sort of problems are, are they running into? It's, it sounds maybe to the layman like it's just sort of a, a turn it on and let it go. But what sort of problems are they running into? Kubernetes indeed as a concept promises something that you would just run and it runs transparently for you, but 
In the reality, Kubernetes runs on the infrastructure, so there is very, very painful level of node level issues happening. For example, when the node, the actual machine which runs the Kubernetes cluster runs out of memory or it needs to go down for the upgrade of the software or something, the workloads that are running on that machine are finding no place to go, for example. So all of those problematic node issues, they are the typical pains that Commodore surfaces, and it's really time to time to fix. And another problem is the typical problems of deploying or upgrading the application when you did an upgrade of the application, but for some reason, uh, that new version never become operational. It always fails with some issue, and it's again, you are on timer of what is the problem? How do I get to the root cause of it? How do I quickly uh, mitigate the problem so I roll back or do I fix anything? Is it is it happening again because of that node that is problematic or, or it's a workload itself that I need to, to just roll back? And yes, you can you can resolve that all through kubectl commands by your own but it's really a matter of how fast can you do that and with commodore you can do that very very fast and conveniently so you're kind of health monitoring essentially with with commodore you're troubleshooting you're seeing an end-to-end visibility solution but you have expertise baked into the product how do you hope to replicate that into the open source world. Tell me, tell me about that. How how you are ensuring that the open source is going to be just as good as the core product. Tell me a little bit about that. It's a good question. I if I would take my more managerial hat to put on here, I would say that you always do achieve the perfection through getting the right people on board. And in Commodore, it's not only me doing the open source; it's actually the whole team. I'm probably just the most experienced with that, but uh, the number of people, eh, like it's at least a handful of people are closely involved with open source. So the recipe on the general level is to get the right people, make sure they understand the goal, and then uh, let them do the thing, don't interfere, and keep on managing them. Uh, And this is the highest level of the managerial stuff. On the level of particular things that we can do, well, first is that the things that we do is, again, uh, in open source, it's not tightly connected to the main Commodore product. It's it's not usable for you only if you are somehow a customer of Commodore. No, it's actually the, the reverse of that. The open source projects that we create, they allow you to improve your day-to-day with Kubernetes and, for example, specifically with Helm, even without any connection to the main Commodore application. We are not forcing that because it would not be natural. And it would be correct here to switch and talk a bit more about the Helm dashboard project. What is it and how it relates to the other things? Because it's the probably the biggest open source initiative of Commodore at the moment. And it's really interesting to see how it evolves, to understand how it started and the goals uh, it tries to achieve. Makes sense. So tell me more about the Helm dashboard. T- tell me tell me about how that plays into the overall story, because it's obviously super important for Kubernetes, right? It's the NPM for Kubernetes. So tell me more about that. 
One of the first things we looked at is the, the fact that this popularity of Helm and its critical role, it was on the one hand, and on, on the other hand, we heard that people, they were all saying, guys, you are so great at uh, Kubernetes troubleshooting, can you do something around Helm that would also be great? And we look at it, and what can be done with Helm? It's, it's pretty settled and mature project. What can we do about it? Let's, let's look at the, at the trends, at the current trends that are happening in the, in the Kubernetes world. Everyone speaks about developer empowerment, development, developer enablement to do things on their own. And to do that, in Kubernetes world, you would need to make developer to manage the helm as a tool, as a thing. So this leads us to the, to the obvious answers. What can you do to helm to improve the, the daily life of people? And it's exactly that. We can allow less experienced Kubernetes users to do their daily operations more easily with the Helm. And how do you do that? Well, Helm is a command line. And with all of my respect to command lines and to the Helm, it's quite cumbersome to operate when you have less experience in Kubernetes and you are willing to get more experience in Kubernetes and your way of packaging applications or installing them is the Helm. And we did exactly that. We made a UI representation of Helm universe for you. It's a very, very simplistic thing. It's very straightforward. The first thing you see is the list of your installed Helm applications in your cluster. And you continue from there. You see what you have installed. If you want to install more, there is an area for you to go and connect repositories and install more. You can dive deeper into your installed charts and understand the history of their uh, evolution of different versions or reconfigurations happening. All of these operations could be done through the command line, but that's kind of hardcore, I would say. We can all say that the hardcore is the only true way of true man to go through life, but um, it's too long. The obvious step was to democratize for the regular developers or beginners the operations with Helm. As an interesting side effect of that, what's happening is that the more experienced people would also enjoy using the Helm dashboard or visualization. Because those people, they know where to look at. They just need to save time by issuing those commands to the Helm. And we saw that to do the basic investigation of what is the cause of my Helm chart failing or, or my Helm packaged application failing, what was the exact change? The answer to that is five different commands in the command line, sometimes even eight different commands. And that's for only one pass of root cause analysis. So when we look at that, it was obvious that we can save a lot of time by doing all of these commands behind the scenes automatically, really quickly, and surfacing, presenting the information in a really natural UI way. So the command line tool became a GUI tool. Still, it's all 100% uh, Helm inside, but it's such a relief for everyone to look at Helm through the perspective of this GUI. And that's exactly the idea of Helm dashboard. This is what we do. We provide the visualization of the Helm for the people. There is a, an obvious next question of, isn't this something that happened before and existed before? 
And the answer is yes. There were some alternatives that exist uh, for visualizing the helm operations. The problem of those is the fact that they're, in most of the cases, they are connected to some bigger platform, something like some big beast of managing Kubernetes in all ways, and it has a small corner of helm operations inside it. You kind of have to invest a lot of upfront time to set up that heavy application to just get to to Helm. And that's what we wanted to avoid. So we created something that is Helm first. The first and only concern that you have is Helm and everything else is secondary. Yes, we can continue and we did introduce some interesting features like integrations with code scanners, Chekhov, Trivi. We're planning to add more scanners because it's one of the day-to-day activities that people do, all of these uh, trouble scanners, problem scanners for Kubernetes. But this is, again, secondary. You look from the perspective of the Helm as your main framework. It's a great framing around some of the troubles with Helm because Helm is obviously a super powerful tool, but being command line, not having a dashboard for it really paints the picture of why this is super helpful. If, if someone's wanting to jump in and start helping you with the dashboard and the open source efforts with Commodore, how do they get started? How, where do they go? We have several contributors. I don't remember exact number, but we have already 10 different people coming to the project and bringing in some small changes or bigger changes, depending on their expertise. It all happens in in a regular way through GitHub. Uh, You just find the repository. You can quickly look it up through Helm Dashboard by Commodore, and you will find the GitHub project. And you can go there, ask your questions in the issues section, You can contribute feature requests. It's already a contribution if you just create the feature request or you ask the question. And you can look through the existing issues, find the one that you understand and capable of doing, and just write some code. We will review that and merge it. We'll have some good improvements to the the community. Good stuff. Well, Andre, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for telling me the update on Commodore, the approach to open source, and where Commodore is in its journey. Much appreciated. Really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you very much. It was very interesting to talk to you. There you have it, folks. Commodore is leading the way to make your Kubernetes tooling better with their open source initiatives and up-leveling of Helm. To learn more about their tools, visit Commodore.io. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.